No, no, no. Like, just full on, like, this is the Mentality Podcast. And then that's it. That's the whole intro. Toss me a beat and I'll rap the intro. You're not going to rap the intro. That's how we're going to lose half of the viewership. And we can't lose half of one person. What's up? Welcome to the Mentality Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Wolf. I'm in a spicy mood. What do you quantify as spicy? What do you mean, like on a white guy level of spicy or just... Yeah, are we talking like junior chicken or are we talking like actual fucking spicy food? I mean, I had uh, I had some salsa with my dinner tonight so that uh, maybe I'm still feeling that in the back of my throat. But uh, have you tried those um, those like super hot McChickens they have now, like the ghost pepper one and all that shit? Do I have to answer that question? I'll answer it. I don't know what you're fucking. Talking. I don't eat meat. Oh right, that's. <laughs> I'm not often thinking about my friends' dietary choices, especially ones that I don't see on a regular basis. Even though I talk to you almost every day, but I tried the ghost pepper one because I, I know ghost peppers are meant to be like on the higher end of like things that are too spicy for me to eat, and I didn't find it terrible. Like it didn't. I wasn't like sweating profusely. I didn't want to go to the hospital. I had some popcorn a few days ago that was supposed to be really spicy and I fucking died. So maybe I am a pussy. What was the spice meant to be? Uh, Carolina Reaper peppers. Okay. All right. Well, now we're getting into like the big leagues here. That's there was a ghost <laughs> pepper one as well, but yeah, that but one fuck fucked it, me up. You went straight for the Carolina Reaper. Yeah. You're like, just fuck me up. It's like, I, I, I do in fact find junior chickens to be spicy, but you know what? Why the fuck not? Let's try it. Full send that shit. I, I very nearly said you only live once. I'm glad I cl- caught myself from saying that. A single YOLO on this podcast results in the end of the podcast. Well, we're, it's going to be a short season, let me just <laughs> say. I mean, what is our? What, how many did we do last time we tried this shit? Seven episodes? I remember doing seven. It's very possible I blacked out for half of them. Uh, so there might have been 12. We can refer to those as the lost tapes. We are just uh, another two white dudes that have like way too much of an ego issue. So we decided that we had to post ourselves on the internet. Yeah, this is this this is literally just a glorified phone call. This is one of the many vanity projects that have been thrown around in the ether of uh, yours and my friendship over the years. The podcast has won twice. It's probably a good thing, too. Uh, it came down to this or OnlyFans. And, uh... There wasn't much of a market when I tried. The reason why we've decided to come back from the dead is that uh, therapy is expensive. And uh, we're in a recession, so this is the, the therapy. <laughs> yeah, you act like we could afford therapy even if it wasn't a recession. I don't even know how much therapy costs. It's, it's probably like $100 an hour or some like ridiculous shit, though. I, I gotta figure whatever you think it costs, triple it, and then take that number and triple it again, and that's probably in the ballpark. I imagine that you could probably get like a former felon turned into recently changed his life over into being a therapist. He's like $25 an hour. Or you could get someone who actually went to school for it, and that's like... <laughs> I don't know what a, I'm a talking Former about. felon. That's where your bar is. You're like, ah, you know, this guy, you know, killed a family, but, uh, you know, he's got some, got some strong hands. So moving on. Wolf, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? The only way you'll know is if you uh, buy the Patreon version of the podcast. $69 a month. It's uh, $4.20 a month. 
Yeah. It's an extra 69 cents a month if you want to be uh, on the higher tier. Uh, you don't get anything good for being on the, on, on the Patreon. Uh, you don't even get early release. We just uh, We just need the money. You actually get banned from our YouTube channel and Spotify channel. Like you literally cannot listen to our podcast by paying. I mean, to 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 actually to actually answer your question, uh, circling back around there. I don't know. Like that's I think that's part of my big problem nowadays is that I'm trying very hard to be to be present in the moment and enjoy life because it is to you know use a tired cliche. You know, it, we only get this one life and it goes by like that and. I'm trying to live in each moment and live each day, but also I'm looking forward to what 10, 20 years could be like and having no idea what I really want to do is kind of starting to become more of a stressor for me. Interesting. I feel like I was in the same place like a year ago because what I do now is pretty much what I wanted to do my whole life. Right. But then there was things like as you start to do it, you're like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like this. Specifically, like in terms of mine, it's like I'm a video editor. Uh, it's like what I've looked forward to since I was 13. But I feel like personally, I always wanted to do YouTube. So like hosting something was something I really enjoyed. So I went through the same like existential crisis like a year ago. I feel like a lot of people, specifically a lot of dudes are in the same position in their 20s because there's a lot of pressure to know what you want to do. Even now, there's days I kind of sit there, I'm like, you know, I turned 23 this year and I still still feel like a kid in a lot of ways, if you know what I mean. But yeah, it's like I look forward to what life is going to be like. And it's, yeah, it's good that I have all this time still to figure out what I want to do. But also, I kind of feel like what's going to happen is, is that what I'm just like, I'm in a blink and life is going to have, you know, gone on and passed me by sort of. And I, I really shudder at the thought that if I'm still in the same place that I am now in 10 years, you know, that's kind of a sobering thought. I mean, I used to have that same thought when I worked in retail. I was like, I'm working, I was working in a pet store, which is great, but it was a smaller company. So I had opportunity to grow. And I was like, great, I'll keep growing through this company, making like minimum wage for like three years now. Great. But I don't know. I feel like 10 years is also really far away. But also like, I mean, we just graduated high school like five years ago. It doesn't feel like five years ago. I know we both went to uni straight out of school. You were only, you only stayed for one year if I remember right. Yeah. So I went, I stayed for three and like that three years was simultaneously both the longest and shortest time in my life because that time looking back it was just such a terrible time in my life like I was completely miserable almost from day one um and like the when I left at the end of the third year and knew I wasn't going back in the the fall that was a very freeing feeling for me What's, uh, what, what were you, ma- well, you weren't majoring in anything, if I remember correctly, right? No, like I never, that was a big problem was that I never had a major, was like, so I went to school, I went to post-secondary right away out of high school, not knowing what I wanted to do, and a lot of friends that I had that went to school right away had like, at least somewhat of an idea, like they were taking courses specific to what they were planning to major in. Me, I went thinking like, I'll just take a bunch of stuff, like very different courses, and hopefully one of these will jump out at me. Right. 
But no, I went back for another year, basically did the same thing that I did the first year, took a vast array of courses, first year courses, finished that year, did worse that year academically. I actually failed a class. And the dumb thing was, you'd think I would have left after that year, but I no, I no, I went back again for a third year, decided that I wanted to be a gym teacher, which meant having to retake kinesiology, which was the class I had failed the second year, and then got about a month into that year and decided, I don't want to be a gym teacher, what the fuck is wrong with me? And then basically, you know, fell back into that loop of not going to class, not doing great. Although my third year, I did get my one and only A. I was a very good student in high school, but I also think high school was just easy in comparison. Mm-hmm. First year, the only year, I guess, I was in uni. I <laughs> My expectations were that I'd go to university, get a film school degree, and I'd be set for the rest of my life. And... uh the first day, he's like, you guys don't know shit about what you're doing, so just uh, <laughs> drop everything you know, because you don't know anything. And uh, that was humbling, to say the least. Also kind of depressing. But after a year, I hadn't learned anything about video. I watched and uh, Juno, and I've ri- written an eight-page essay about Juno. Which I don't know if you know, it's a fucking terrible movie. And that was my, my education on video. So I was like, fuck this. I never want to see another video in my life. And I was like fully certain I didn't ever want to make a video as my career. Which is interesting considering uh, we're doing a video podcast and I edit videos for a living. But Yeah, like if I remember right, didn't you say that it basically killed all passion you had for making like content, making videos, that sort of thing? I mean, I didn't see a point. I'd been told that my stuff was shit basically. So what, what's the point of me even trying to make videos at that point? Yeah. University is kind of a waste of time for a lot of people because they go because they, they don't know what they want to do, but they're told that they should go. So they spend a lot of money and waste their time and their money in a place where they don't know what they want to do, which is kind of depressing. And I feel like overall, there is no, like no one knows what they want to do with their life, really. No. I still don't know what I want, like where I'm going to be in 15 years. I have no idea. I'd like to say I'll still be doing the same thing, but I don't know if that's true. My interests change like every fucking day, so. No, definitely like when I talk to, because I work a retail job also, so I work with, you know, some teenagers who are working like maybe their first job or one of their first jobs and some of them are getting ready to, you know, go to university maybe this fall. And the one thing I've been basically... You know, I don't want to generalize the university experience because it's very different for everybody. But basically my two cents on it to anybody who might be listening to this that is maybe in the same boat I was that they're getting ready to think about enrolling in university, but they're not quite sure what they want to do. I wouldn't if you're not sure, like if you have literally no idea, I wouldn't. I would maybe take a year, work a part time job or work a job of some sort and try and see what your interests are because it's a very different world out there than what you've lived in your time in either public school or private school, whatever your experience was. But it's, it's a very different world out there than you think it is. And until you actually get out there and find that out for yourself rather than what your teachers are telling you, I think that you're, you kind of need to open your mind a bit because I mean, my interests are very diverse in general, but I kind of have a problem that my interests 
if you make a Venn diagram, my interests are on one side and the things that make money are on the other side and they don't intersect in the middle. That's kind of the problem I have, so I'm struggling to find something that I both enjoy doing and also will pay me enough money that I can, you know, live my life. Yeah. But that's just me. I can't speak for everyone. Well, I actually have a question. What is a... If you were offered, you think about, like, maybe a job position, if you were offered a specific job position, what would be, like, a job position that would, you, I don't know, like, not necessarily be happy in, but you'd be happy to do if it paid well for a long time? Yeah, the thing with that is, is, like, money definitely talks as much as I try to not make life, big life decisions based off of money. Uh, there's a correlation to the amount that I'm willing to put up with, if you know what I mean. So, I mean, I get, I work basically a minimum wage job right now in retail. And honestly, for the past, oh man, probably three or four months for sure. But even going back even longer than that, I've been like very near to the end of my rope several times where I've just decided that I've almost decided that like, you know what? I'm not being paid enough to deal with this and it's detrimental to my mental health and my mental well-being. And I've almost been close to walking out the door a couple times, hmm. which I guess doesn't really answer your question. But going back to that, I mean, I guess here's a better question. If there's a job that you knew would pay well, or it didn't matter how much it paid, but you would want to leave your current job to do it because it interested you, what would that job be? I like music. I like playing music. I like writing music. I like working in that capacity. Like if I got offered a job to literally go work in a music store, I'd probably leave it and go do that tomorrow. I mean, I couldn't do that the rest of my life really, but, um, something in that capacity. But like what I, what I had said before basically is that the things that I'm passionate about that interest me on a, um, on a deep level, uh, don't tend to, pay all that well and i mean you know if i wanted to like say i did i mean i write my own music i like making music but the odds of actually making a career out of writing music or performing music are very stacked against you it's basically the same odds that you'd have of being a professional athlete or being an actor or whatever it's it takes you know it takes some skill but it takes even more luck to break through in a way that you can make a meaningful living doing that I mean, my profession certainly isn't uh, a high-paying one, but it pays the bills. So there's that. Mm -hmm. I feel like creative mediums in general are just sort of fucked for money, oftentimes, or like it's there's a perception of it before you you've actually like seen it. It's like years ago, I was like, oh, there's no way I'm ever gonna make money from videos. It's just like it's impossible. And now I am. And I'm like, okay, I could see myself making more by doing client work and all this stuff. But it's still, it just doesn't seem real. So, like, I always underprice myself with clients because I'm like, oh, it's not worth that much. It's like there's that, that is like an actual thing that limits me when I'm charging people personally. It's almost kind of like a feeling of imposter syndrome, right? Exactly. Like, I'm the same way in that I've been playing guitar since I was... I've been playing off and on since I was 13, but I've been playing, like, full-time, like, actually put my nose down and learned the instrument when I was about 17. I've been devoted to playing for a good five, six years now, and even still, like, I, it's not something that I... 
really frequently talk about or share even like if people if you were to like if i was talking to somebody like casually i probably wouldn't even if they even asked me if i played an instrument i probably wouldn't volunteer it readily and that's not for any reason like i can play the instrument you know i've literally recorded music for you to use in videos and i still for whatever reason i'm just not comfortable it, that is a hundred percent imposter syndrome though right like that's it so like it's a doubt in your own abilities i certainly can say that uh i've heard your guitar and it's i know people would pay for it if there was i don't know i don't know how that works though that's the only thing like mm -hmm. it also does take in creative mediums like a certain level of egotism that you're like oh no i'm fucking good because to sell yourself to someone who's like trying to pay you for your your work you have to literally convince them that you are like top shit yeah it really goes against every fiber of my being you got to be pretty a little at least a little egotistical to, to have that work be like yeah no i'm the fucking shit and have them believe you i'm still not great at it you know around friends i like to play up and be a kind of a macho machismo character but like just me as a person i'm not somebody to boast about accolades or boast about ability in anything really um i'm very very reserved in that regard so it's just it's kind of like two two sides of me are fighting in the sense that like i like i like making this art and i like the idea that i could share this with somebody but also at the same time i'm like fighting the wiring of like oh no one cares about this don't don't talk about this don't talk about anything you do in your personal life really so i guess that's a hill to overcome and that leads us to the question of the episode. This week, the question is, what is one thing that you're good at that most people don't know about? Comment down below for a chance to be featured in next week's episode. Where I live is a very oil-populated place. And I was talking to someone a few days ago, and I kind of want to bring up this topic because we're talking about it, about working for money versus working for passion. And I feel like every person has to find somewhere that like meets in the middle, but where that middle point for everyone where that middle point is is different for everyone like i'm more willing to make a lot less money to do what i like versus make a lot of money and hate my fucking life but i know a lot of people that live where i live that do jobs that they despise for like 20 days out of the month but they get the 10 days where they get to actually enjoy their life and go out and hang with friends and have fun but like 20 days out of their 30 day month they're miserable i mean thinking about it, i like the idea of um extended time off just because i mean even right now i'm most of mostly i am part-time but like on a week if i get close to full-time hours i find i'm just drained by the end of the week and a lot of that comes from you know being in my job i have to deal with people and talk to people a lot and i'm very much I, I call it being an introverted extrovert and that I like talking to people and I like, you know, I like going to parties and stuff and I like talking to people and meeting people, but in smaller doses, sort of. So, like, I need that time to recharge. So, like, if I work five shifts a week where I'm having to, like, talk to people for five to eight hours at a time, it's just very taxing on me. So, I can definitely see both sides of that, like... I would, I feel like I would be very open to the idea of working a job that I hated, but paid very well with the 
understanding in my head that I wasn't going to do it forever. Just long enough to, you know, make enough money that I can comfortably go and do something else without having to worry too much. So almost using it as like a, a leverage point for f the future so you could like make a bunch of money and like save it? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Like the idea to me, um, like you look at, I look at my parents, like my, my dad uh, is 65. He just turned 65 this year and had been working, had been working a full-time job as recently as a couple months ago. Uh, and the only reason he's not at that job anymore is because the company restructured like the, and my dad has been working jobs since he was like 15, 16 years old. So he's been pretty much working for 50 years of his life. Wow. Like I think about how much time that is spent, like how much time you're spent sitting like for whatever job, if you're working an office job, you think about if the regular work week, nine to five, Monday to Friday, all the amount of time you spend sitting at that desk just driving away at something that is slowly eating away at you and killing your spirit inside. It just, it sounds like a nightmare to me. It sounds like something I would never, ever want to do, which is, I think why I'm so drawn to creative aspects of life, whether it's making music, whether it's making a podcast or any of anything within that realm, because it's something different all the time. Like it's thinking outside of the box um, instead of just, typing the same spreadsheet all the time or doing the same making the same part on a machine line for 40 years like it's something different and it's something that allows me to think and express myself in different ways i think there's like people out there that thrive in positions that give them a lot of structure and some people thrive in those like rigid office office environments where you're like reporting to your boss about your progress and like you're typing in spreadsheets and that type of shit or you're like making sales calls all day to try and sell a product that you probably don't even really care about but you're just trying to collect a commission or something like that and they just like the structure of the, being able to get the the paycheck but personally i'm like i to also be fair i do work an office job like monday to friday but it's also like my passion so i'm i find i'm a lot more flexible on my willingness to do things like I'll put in extra time because I truly care about what I do. And, um, I'm not in an environment where it's more about like the bottom line. It's more about just like the, the creative or whatever. And I'm a very, I, I did this personality type test thing for work, which evaluated like your characteristics and I was like 17% logical, but 99% creative. So like my reasoning and decision making is like not logical at all, which makes sense why I don't like the structure as much. It just like my mind doesn't operate rigidly, I guess. And I think a lot of creative people are probably similar, but um, I that's why I personally couldn't do it. But I know a lot of people who would love that and they love the structure of being able to work five days a week have their two days off to recharge and then go back at it. And that's fine if that's what does it for you. But for me, it just isn't. No, I mean, I definitely see that with you, though, because, like, obviously you're very passionate about what you do. This is what you've wanted to do since you were, like, 10 or maybe even before that. So, I mean, for you, that works out well because not only are you making a living um, doing what you want to do already, it's, you know, I feel like you're less likely... I don't want to say less likely to get burnt out, but like you're always, 
you're not thinking, oh, I hate this, I hate this all the time, which is a lot of times how I feel at work. Um, but yeah, that's a, like what the thing with structure is that sometimes I do want structure. Sometimes I actually do plan things out. Like I want to, um, do a certain thing at a certain time, but very often not because I find the few times that I have actually sat down and tried to say like write music. If I actually sit down and say, okay, I'm going to write music now. I find nothing really ever comes of it. It usually, it hits me at the worst times. Like it'll hit me when I'm at work or something. I'll hear a melody in my head or I'll hear a line for a song or something. And I want to sit down and right away start working with it. And then I like, oh, I can't, I'm at work. And then an hour later I'll be on my break and like, oh, what the hell was that thing I was thinking? And I can't remember it. But yeah, I, I like the idea of not having the structure because there's times that I've been hit with, I'll be going to bed and something will come to me and I'll literally spend, stay up the entire night working on an idea just because I can. And because it's, you know, driving me to create something, whereas working a nine to five, it just... It's just something to me, um, it's very soul sucking and I don't mean to get super heavy about it, but like, it's just very, very, it's very not for me is what I'll say. I think personal, I mean, a good example of what you're talking about this podcast, the idea I was thinking about things cause ultimately what I was making on YouTube, it wasn't performing well and I wasn't enjoying it because I'd been doing things that I wasn't enjoying to get views and the views weren't coming basically like what the fuck can i do i like the idea of a podcast but what am i going to talk about and i came up with the idea about like talking about things that like i feel like oftentimes guys won't talk about because it's like emotion based and i had that idea while i was lying in bed and jumped out of bed and instantly started writing out the idea because like this is a fucking i like this this is like if I don't write it now, it won't happen. Mm -hmm. And I feel like often I get those ideas at like midnight, but sometimes they'll be at 2 p.m. And sometimes they'll be at like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll get an idea. And it's like 4.30 in the morning, but I just start writing it because it's it's on my mind and I have to get it out, basically. Yeah, no, I definitely get that. It, it, it always happens at the worst times, it seems. But no, I've, I've literally stayed up nights just because I as I was going to bed, I thought, well, what if I tried this? And then it becomes, well, what if I do this? And what if I, which is very vague, but also that's just kind of how my mind operates. Like I'm very much a night person. Mm -hmm. Like even right now I'm sitting here and I, I, I have to be at work at seven in the morning tomorrow and I'm already sitting here dreading it. Um, and that's just how I've always been. I've never been somebody who was good at getting up to be anywhere in the morning and basically what I've read is that that's just how it is. Like there are some people who are morning people and there's some people that are night owls. And basically like we, we always like, it's very silly. Now we preach this whole, listen to your body, you know, listen to how you're feeling, but we've basically, the whole world runs on the schedule of people who are, you know, go getters and morning people. Mm hmm. And, you know, for somebody like me who, if I don't have to be anywhere or do anything, I'm usually out of bed around 11 o'clock. I'm not, like, that extreme of a night person. I honestly, like, I stay up till 2 a.m. pretty much every night. And if I have to wake up at 6 or 7, then it's not like I can just go to bed earlier. It's not the way I operate. But if I don't have to be up, I'm not up till, like, 9, 
nine thirty, ten. Like most people I know wake up at like six and they're like, Oh, I'm up for the day. No, that's not me. I can't do that shit. No. I also feel like I remember when I used to work uh at the pet store. <laughs> I almost dropped a name, which is probably a bad <laughs> idea. Would but have been a hard one. I used to I I'd clock in at one or whatever, right? And I'm like, Okay, it's two, my shift ends at ten, so I have eight hours to go. All right, it's three. I have seven hours to go. All right, it's 3.15. I have six hours and 45 minutes left to go. <laughs> I was literally like that regimental about checking because I just wanted to go the fuck home. And uh, yeah, I. it's probably not a great place to be. And I'm glad I'm out because I obviously wasn't happy if that's the case. But No, I make an actual point at work of not looking at the clock because I find when I know what time it is, time moves exponentially slower. Yep. I just I just want to get in like uh, I want to know what time is when I punch in and when I punch out but like in between I don't want to look at it at all because otherwise the time just drags for me. So uh hustle culture. I have a personal beef with hustle culture. It's some Gary V type shit that you see on Instagram. Have you ever heard of Gary V? Have you watched his videos? I don't remember what it was, but I watched something today where somebody was talking mad shit about Gary Vee, and I don't remember what it was, but it's really funny that you said that, because as soon as you said that name, I'm like, I literally was just watching something where they were talking about Gary Vee, but no, I don't, uh, I don't remember specifically. He has this bad habit. I don't know that he necessarily was promoting hustle culture, but he kind of was. He's like, I work 18 hours a day, and uh, if you don't like working 18 hours a day, it's because you fucking hate your life you fucking pussy but he pretty much he pretty much was like uh he, he made this tiktok a few weeks ago and this girl's like i uh she needed advice on her life or whatever and she, she wasn't like she wasn't getting far enough in her life and he's literally like imagine that someone shot your mother your father and your siblings in the head it doesn't matter how far you are in your career anymore because your family's dead and that'll humble you. Think about shit like that. Like, Especially when you're well, the one who did it. Yeah, exactly. Fucking Gary V. Yeah, wow. I can say that. I don't, I don't have siblings. You still have parents. <laughs> what's, your, what, what's your point? <laughs> Not anymore, I guess. But I, I think hustle culture has this really bad rap. I mean, it has a deservedly, like, that's not a word. It has a bad reputation and it deserves that bad reputation because it's fucking stupid to work that much as someone who's tried it before because I thought it was the cool thing to do and the only way I was going to get anywhere in my life. And while I was working in a retail job, I was working like an extra eight hours a fucking day practically just trying to get YouTube videos done and progress in my career. And let me tell you, it sucked so much. I burnt out like every other week. I just like couldn't get out of bed in the morning. That's how much I hated it. And this is not me playing devil's advocate. I can definitely see the benefits of like certain aspects of what he's saying. Definitely not. And before you jump down my throat, definitely not the working 18 hours a day. Definitely not the, you know, like working yourself to the point of complete exhaustion. But I can and can see the like certain principles can be taken from whatever that method is and say like you know if you really if you really want to get good at something you need to put the time in and the, the effort in to get good at something but you no one should ever be doing anything to the point where like you said you couldn't get out of bed in the morning right like working 18 hours a day is not sustainable like you're going to crash and burn 
you need to recover. You need time for yourself. You need to have that time to recharge the batteries. Otherwise things are just going to go completely off the rails a lot faster than you think. So, I mean, you also see articles every now and then about like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, how they make like so much fucking money, but they also work like so many hours in a day. Like they work like 80 hour weeks. I do believe that these people who are extremely wealthy, who are telling you that they work this much, it is easy for them to say that because they're also making a shitload of money and ultimately working on a passion project for eight hours a day when it's still a passion project feels like a waste of your time. I mean, I guess, but also what I think of when I think of like how wealthy those guys really are, um, is that if I was worth that much money, you couldn't get me to do anything. No, I wouldn't want to work. Like, I, I, I wouldn't do anything. I would literally leave it in the hands of whoever was, you know, second in command or I don't care, middle management for all I give a shit. If I was worth whatever Bezos is worth or whatever Elon Musk is worth, you wouldn't hear from me. I'd be like sleeping until 1130 in the morning and doing whatever the hell I wanted. Because I mean, at that point you're, you couldn't spend that in, I don't know how many lifetimes, like literally I read the other day that Jeff Bezos's ex-wife gave away like $6 billion last year, which is a lot of money, but she made like $15 billion last year. And she's also worth like a hundred billion dollars to begin with. Yeah. So like she literally can't give it away fast enough. Like she, she can't give it away faster than she's still making it. Like that's how, that's the crazy thing to me is like that level of wealth is just so beyond anything I could comprehend. I find it really fascinating that uh, she was like, yo, I'm dating the richest man on the planet. What if I got a divorce and dated someone who probably makes like $30,000 a year teaching in high school? Yeah, she married a teacher. Like that you want to talk about winning the lottery? Like that <laughs> yeah. guy put his picture up behind the fucking lottery tickets in the convenience store cuz that guy's one bigger than any anyone will ever win in a lottery. I mean, oh yeah. Jesus Christ. Ultimately at the end of the day, careers serve to do a few things. They serve to like increase your passions, help you make money from your passions. Uh they help you meet your goals and a lot of the time, a career can also just be you chasing power and money. I mean, to an extent, I guess everybody wants power, but I guess everybody probably has their own definition of what power means to them, right? Like for some guys, some guys want to be the CEO. They want to be the guy wearing the, you know, four-figure suit that's directing traffic, who's, you know, making the decisions, who's doing the hiring, doing the firing, leading the board meeting, you know, all that stuff. And if you know, that's what your passion is in life, then more power to you. But for me, right, exactly. I, that's not something I'd ever want for myself. Like I coached hockey for a few years there and I even had a hard time leading a group of 15 teenagers. So, I mean, that's not something I'd ever, ever want for myself. I mean, to me, power is just almost having the autonomy to make my own decisions. Like, like if something gets too, if something gets too fucked, like if I'm working somewhere and things are just getting too off the rails for me, I can just be like, you know what? I don't need this. What you mean like power is, it is different for everyone, but I also don't think that, uh, leading people or like coaching people necessarily equals power either. Like being a CEO, obviously of like a major corporation, you got power, but leading people 
to success as a CEO of a company is different than just using that power negatively, I guess. I should clarify mm-hmm. that power isn't always bad. Right. No, power isn't always bad. There's always dynamics at play here in every relationship. Like, obviously, you look at if you want to take coaching for an example, I do have the power in that I'm the one who is responsible for this team, but I don't have the power of, you know, making business decisions or telling like the extent of my power is deciding who plays more than someone else really. And that's not right in the grand scheme of things. That's really not much versus if you want to talk about a CEO, they literally can decide someone's future within the company you know, like that's a very big, that's a far cry from coaching a team of teenagers. And that's where the dynamics come into play is that, you know, the more power you have, the more those dynamics can be corrupted. Yeah. Which is where the problems come from. I guess to wrap up, kind of relating back to the reason this podcast exists and like conversations that dudes often won't have and trying to normalize the conversation, what it means to, you know, be a man. Like we are often the breadwinners considered breadwinners in like traditional households i I know that's changing frequently now drastically yeah it definitely is not the case anymore it's more of a 50 50 split but often i know a lot of dudes in relationships they want to be the one that provides they want to be the one that makes more money so that they can provide and take care of their family and they'll be the ones that work after like pregnancies and childbirth and stuff like that i think there's a lot of um, like we often think that we have to be more successful than we are. And I think coming to terms with the fact that it's okay to not be successful or like at the point that you're at now is fine. And that we got time. I think you can measure success in a lot of different ways, right? I mean, it's the same thing as what I said to power. Power means different things to many people, just like success means many things to different people. You know, there are you know, I know of men now that are stay-at-home dads while their wives are at work and, you know, being the ones who provide for the family. And that's becoming more prevalent now. And I think that's a good thing that we're seeing different dynamics in society. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be that, you know, the man is the one who goes to work and, you know, makes the money and the woman is the homemaker. I mean, that's a very tired dynamic that doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah, so, agreed. I think it's good that we're moving in that direction, that there's more freedom to live your life the way you want to live it, not by how society dictates that you're going to live it. I, don't, I almost wonder if that, like, our education system almost pushes on, like, like we were expected, and I think this applies to not just dudes, but to everyone. It pushes on you that you have to know what you want to do. And I think, like, specifically the way I was raised, and obviously not shit-talking my parents here because I might be listening. If they're still listening, I'll be surprised if I'm being honest. But uh, I think um, parents often raise their kids to, especially, like, sons, to be successful early. Like, my parents were disappointed when I dropped out of university. They said, we expected you would graduate university because you were such a good student. Like, that doesn't mean I'm going to be unsuccessful, Well, like, my last relationship ended with my ex telling me that I was going to go nowhere in my life. I'm like, okay, well, is that what qualifies as me being a good boyfriend? Feel that I'm going to make you a lot of money? So I think it's it's in our society that we have to be successful. When I first dropped out of school, that was one of the big things my parents, uh, especially my dad, said to me is that, they're very concerned that if I drop out now that I'm never going to go back. 
Right. I'm not ruling out going back, but I honestly, when I think about going back, it just does not, it's not a happy thought in my mind, maybe because I had such a bad experience the first time around, but it's, uh, there's been a noticeable change in thinking recently. Cause like my parents were the ones expressing concern that like, if you drop out now, you're never going to go back. And you know, that means you're going to limit yourself later. Whereas recently they've been like, you know, talking to me about possible career options that don't involve going to university. And, you know, I know a lot of people, even people our age that have, that we went to school with have gone on and like not done traditional university, whether that meant taking a trade or whether that meant finding a career and they're doing very well for themselves. So it's not, if you, if university isn't for you, it's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean that you won't be successful in your life. Right. I agree. And I mean, my parents came from a generation where it wasn't the most common thing to go to university. I'm still paying off my student loans, so I honestly wish I wouldn't have gone to school, but I learned a lot about myself by hating school. So I guess there's benefits to going to university for no reason and spending $6,000. So I mean, I hated school long before I went to university. I hated school probably going all the way back to elementary. So All right, well, that's where we're going to... That's where we're going to, that's, that's, that's where we're, I'm sorry. That's where we're going to wrap up this episode. And I'm going to use this take because Wolf interrupted me. So uh, next week we'll be back. We'll, we're going to do this every fucking Thursday. I'll fucking do it again too. He did. And he did. We're going to do this every Thursday. Next week we're talking about relationships and how they've changed with online dating, Tinder, Bumble, all that shit and uh, hookup culture of our generation. So get ready. You're in for the ride now. If you're listening right now, go subscribe on YouTube for the video version of this podcast or follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Bet. <laughs> Goodbye.